Sin. My name is Tom and you're here with me in the studio and for once my illustrious co-host has been split into three people that's right I'm joined tonight by Jacob Scanlon Matthew, Matthew, oh my lord. Oh my god, I can't, I'm offended. I, well, I tried to say Nathan Hurt and Connor Matthews, that's right. Player one, it's on sin, and we've got a great show for you, for you tonight. You're tuning in for the perfect time because I'm going to plug socials. So if you pull out your phone, you can find us on Player1Sin on Twitter. That's as well, Player1Sin on Instagram. We're also Player1 on YouTube and Player1 on Omni and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and Spotify. That's right. We're nearly everywhere because we also have a load of YouTube content now. Like oh, so much stuff. We're pumping it out. We're making sure Player1 is nonstop and it's all about you guys for us and video games. Now, I think that there's a great interview coming up. With a little someone who's a bit doctorful, a bit narratorful, you know, a bit, a bit eggy. I, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but like, you might enjoy it a bit. Ooh. But before we get to that, we have the Super Smash Bros. Melee opening, and no surprise by Tornado Club. That's a part of Sin Sweet Sixteen, and you're here with us on Player One on. That was no surprise by Tornado Club from Sin Sweet Sixteen playlist, which you can check out on sin.org.au or on the Sunday Sweets show on Sunday at um, at midday. Um, you're listening to Player One on Sin, and I'm here with Jacob, um, Connor, and Tom. I'm Nathan. And um, we're, we've got some news. Jacob, please take it away with the news. That I can do, and we have a bit of an interesting week. Nothing too, too big, but a bit of fun stuff here and there. Firstly, Razer is now beta testing its RGB face mask, Zephyr. Can't wait to see that. Uh, I guess in public, someone's going to do it. Uh, yep. EA, EA CEO Andrew Wilson has told investors, uh, and I quote, you should think of Battlefield as a service. Battlefield oh. 2042 will reinvent what our epic scale games are. Oh, EA. Ooh, doesn't change, does it? Um, do I smell loot boxes? <laughs> What's that, Nathan? Of course you do. <laughs> I smell something. Michael Transactions is nearby. <laughs> you know what? Do you know what does have a great smell, though, moving forward, though? A... The feeling of opening a factory sealed copy of something. And this person I imagine won't be opening theirs, but here is a factory sealed copy of Super Mario Bros. has sold for a record breaking two million. That is the highest price ever paid for a video game. Moving on from that though, Epic says they don't expect to make a profit off the Epic Games Store until 2027. Uh, a portable game console creator. Ginger of Oz managed to shrink down a PS2 motherboard and fit it into a smaller custom fully portable case. They have essentially made a portable PS2. And Connor said during the YouTube news, uh, if you've caught that, definitely uh, you'll know what I'm on about. If not, go have a look at that. Um, he said that that's essentially a PSP. It's not, the PSP was not great at running things. 
Uh, and the PS2 was a lot more powerful. Video, yes. You did, I did note that. PS2 was very powerful for what it was. Moving forward, uh, fans are furious over Ni- Niantic rolling back COVID restrictions and features in Pokemon Go. Bit early, but yeah. In happier news, the Olympic gold medalist, and I'm going to butcher the name, I apologize ahead of time, Vitalina Batsarakina, or Sarashkina, who wore the Witcher necklace, was welcome homed by a Russian rendition of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. That sounds awesome. Dead Space, the Dead Space remake is reportedly aiming for a spring, that's an Australian spring, 2022 release fun and Idris Elba is going to play Knuckles in the live action Sonic movie. I don't know who else I would have casted but that's definitely the right answer and in sadder news uh, our friends at PAX Australia have been forced to move the event to 2022 due to uh, old mate Rona COVID-19 our hearts and our love go out to the friends and uh, folks down at PAX Australia uh, keep, the, keep up the good work you're doing. Connor though you have some fun coming up with our releases, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And we've got something fresher than a perfectly factory sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers. We've got Greek Memories of Azure coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, X and S and Switch coming on August 17th. Also on August 17th, Humankind coming to PC. And I smell something else, Jacob. I also hear it. Let's get that Stadia Bell going. Let's get that ring-a-ding-ding. Stadia Bell. I love it. I miss it so much. Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther, War for Wakanda expansion coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One. Oh my God. Second time to charm. Ring that Stadia Bell. Ring-a-ding-ding. And let's just hope that this brings back a game that was already dead to begin with. And next up, we have Pile-Up, Box by Box, coming to PC, Xbox, PS4, Xbox Xbox One and Switch. On August 18th, we have Mortal Shell, the Virtuous Cycle DLC, coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Switch and Xbox One. Out of Line, coming to Switch. Skydome, coming to PC on August 19th. Mayhem Brawler, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. Mozza Train, First Class, How Fancy, coming to Switch. Rims Racing, coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. 12 minutes, it feels longer than 12 minutes, coming to PC and Xbox One. August 20th, Ariana of Spirits, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Which goes to Tsushima, the director's cut, coming to PS5 and PS4. And finally, God damn it, I need it all my life. Madden 22, pass me that football, and it's coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series S, and X, PS4. And finally, Xbox One. So many releases. Thank you, Connor. You know, it's like you granted a wish for me, but you know, you don't look like a shooting star. You don't look like a world that I just threw a coin into. Sorry, I mean, toss a coin. Toss a coin to your Witcher, covered by Ghost Fight is the song coming up next. That's right. I like to grant wishes. After that, we have Silk by Mokhtar. That's part of Sin Sweet 16. You can find that playlist over on sin.org.au as well as Spotify, part of the Sunday Sweets. You're here with me on Player One and the rest of the Player One crew. You just heard Silk by Mokhtar, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every single week at sin.org.au or on Sunday at noon on the Sunday Sweets show. Tell them we said hi. Now, (laughs) gamers, as much as that might be a controversial thing to say, and we do this little thing every week called The Playlist, where we tell you what we've been playing every week. And you know what? I, I really want to know what you've been playing this week, Connor. Could you please indulge me in that information? Absolutely. And I have a juicy one here. So if you remember the glory days of early 2020, 
uh, as we hit lockdown, we did a fun Animal Crossing New Horizons review with the folks over at our at our lovely show Loud and Queer, um, previously with the uh, old executive producer Patty and a friend of the show Paul. Um, you know, I said some things that Animal Crossing was just average at best. Um, I found it quite tedious and I didn't enjoy it as much as I would thought I would. Um, so guess who's going to eat their words with a slice of good old-fashioned humble pie? This guy. Because <laughs> after playing a little bit of it, um, I dove back in and boy, have I made a mistake in what I said previously. Um, I... I, I would like to redact everything. I'm actually having quite a lot of fun with Animal Crossing New Horizons. So um, I'll eat my words. Um, but when I'm not eating my words, I'm making other people eat a slice of humble, bar, humble pie by playing some Apex Legends. Uh, I've been diving into that on the Xbox Series S. Uh, I've been main in Bangalore. She is my girl. And uh, man, I love it so much. I love Apex Legends. I, I know I crap on EA a lot, but... Apex is such a well-made game, and Season 10 just released with uh, the new character, Lil Nas X. Um, you, if you get the meme, you'll get it there. Um, and I haven't had the chance to play as them, but from what I understand, they're extremely overpowered, which is perfectly fine because I suck at the game anyway, which is fine. And it's finally, finally, the one other thing I've been playing is Rage from the original Xbox 360, which was... Uh, it, software's first game in the uh, id tech 4 engine i've been really enjoying it it's been a throwback to the past but you know what tom what have you been playing no i'm i'm quite the gamer myself i i get around to games every now and then and this week you know it is like most weeks i i did play some apex legends myself sorry that is right <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see anyone's mic going green. I had no idea who it was coming from. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do play some Apex Legends myself, getting into some ranked play. Sia is quite, it's quite interesting to uh, play against. That's the new champ. But, you know, I've been, uh, I've been having a lot of fun in some other games. Recently, I've been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! online, getting oh. back into that. It's really a game of reading. And, uh, you know, I'm not one for reading much. So I just try and steal away friends from friend groups and be like, yeah, play this game with me. Have fun, please. Please. And uh, they don't. They don't have any fun, but it's okay because I get around to some other stuff. I've been playing some Pokemon, some Nuzlocke, some randomizers. And most of all, my, my favorite part, I've been playing a lot of D&D. It's so much fun. I, I uh. love to Dungeon Master and get around and just, you know, set up games for me. So I was going to say slay dungeons, but that's not what the Dungeon Master does. No, that's not really it. But, you know, enough about me. Nathan, how about some about you? Um, I haven't been playing many games. Um, played some more Satisfactory. I got a mod for that, which is really cool. It's called the Smart Mod, where um, it, make, it lets you build multiple things at once instead of having to build one at a time. So it's much more, uh, what's the word? Accessible, not accessible. Some word. And um, I also started building a new Warhammer model that I bought Um and I've been slowly building that. Um, also, I've gotten into a game. I, I haven't played it, but I've watched a lot of YouTube about it. And I want to get it, but I can't afford it. Um, it's called Carrier Command 2. 
Um, and it's good, like, a, it's a good multiplayer game, but I think you can play it single player. And it's like you're in command of a aircraft carrier and you're raiding islands and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. So, yeah. What about you, Jacob? We're going back to you. So I decided to dive back into an old favourite of mine. I realised I never actually finished the second uh, story in it. Um, that is the Resident Evil uh, 2 remake. I never did. Um, the second story, oh. I forget oh. her name. Uh, she's not Leon Kennedy. She is the other character from the game. Um, Claire Redford? A, that's the one. She's not as cool as Leon. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been great diving back into it. Obviously, the second playthrough, uh, Claire's route is a lot, well, not a lot, but it feels much harder. Um, I feel like I'm a lot more starved for resources. Yeah, it, um, um, the initial, when the game released, Leon was intended as the easier mode. So hmm. similar to how Jill and um, Chris Redfield were set out. Jill with the easier mode, Chris was the harder mode. So it's just the same thing. Yeah, I've definitely been enjoying it. So it's nice to jump back into it. And I'll talk more about Resident Evil 2 a little bit later on, actually. But uh, something that I guess... I will assume Claire's been left with plenty of it throughout the time in this zombie apocalypse is Bruises. And here is a song about them, actually. Here is Bruises by Lewis Capaldi here on Player One on Sin. Welcome to Player One on Sin. Today, we have a very special uh, interview moment. Uh, today, we are joined by a voice you might recognise. He's been working in the voice acting scene for years, video games, TV, anime, and much more. You may know him as the voice of Dr. Eggman, or maybe the narrator from Pokemon, and even a personal favourite of mine as uh, Adon Klobowitz from Berserk. He is the one and only Mike Pollock. Welcome to the show, Mike. Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've heard of me. All of those things sound familiar. <laughs> Just, I guess before we even start, out of those three, do you have a favourite um, voice of yours? Um, it's a popular question, and the politically correct and uh, economically correct question is, I don't play favorites. I love working. So Ooh. whatever I happen to be doing at the moment is the greatest role ever. And That's my favorite role will always be the next one. I like that one. I like that one. Thank you. Uh, so moving in, though, uh, we are a video game show, so I figure we start with the most obvious question. Um, have you gotten much experience with video games? And if you do... Um, do you have a favorite game, be it Sonic the Hedgehog or Pokemon or something else? It's a trick question. Again, I'm chock full of trick questions. Um, I'm not a gamer, at least not at this age. When I was a kid, I would be found in the arcade playing Trivia Whiz, which in retrospect sounds pretty lame. But when I was a kid, it was right up my alley. It was a multiple choice trivia question game. And it was back in the, let's say, early 80s. Um, and it was so poorly programmed that there was such a small pool of questions that I would memorize the uh, entertainment category and eventually reach the top of the leaderboard purely because because I've seen all the questions and answers before. Uh, not proud of it, but that was that. Um, these days, I am uh, much more likely to be appearing in a game if I'm lucky, but I am not a gamer as far as playing games. Fair enough, fair enough. Thank uh, you. You've appeared in enough to kind of not need to play them, to be honest. Uh, but exactly. going to your early career, I think, uh, obviously yes. you started your uh, you started working in radio early on. Um, mm -hmm. How did you find yourself there? And how did, uh, I guess, you find yourself transitioning from radio into voice acting? 
radio was one of my earliest loves as a child. I grew up enjoying the theater of the mind. Uh, I grew up in the 70s, past the golden age of radio drama and radio comedy in the 40s, I guess. Um, but I found replays of them on local radio stations. And I said, well, these are quaint and cool and slightly dated, but still fun to listen to. And I wanted to be on the radio, either uh, being a disc jockey of a sort or being in commercials and doing the wacky voices and amusing people. Uh, the second love running parallel to that was a love of theater. So I did theater at school and uh, I realized once I could get into radio that I could do theater in radio. And I would appear in commercials and comedy bits. Did that for uh, several years until radio decided they'd had enough of me, kicked me to the curb. And I was able to take my radio experience and collection of uh, voice work from commercials and comedy bits, turn it into a demo reel, shopped it around, and found out folks in uh, Pokemon liked me, uh, uh, folks in various anime liked me, and I was able to fall back on the secondary career that was right in front of me all the time. Lovely, lovely. I hope they didn't kick you to the curb too hard because our next question is still sticking on the uh, topic of radio. And a pretty simple sure. one. Because um, we are a, a youth community radio station, um, I just wanted to ask, what advice would you specifically give to anyone looking to uh, look into radio, or maybe someone who's in radio, maybe looking to make that transition into voice acting? The corporate world, and the at least here in the states, the consolidation of radio has not been good for the radio of my youth. Um, big conglomerates by many local radio stations and automate the uh, heck out of them. And uh, all of the local talent gets replaced by national people, uh, either in real time or the dreaded voice tracking where I'm going to record all the breaks and let the computer put them together with a radio show. Wow. That's great. Um, there is still life. Bring life to radio. If you're doing radio, whatever characters in comedy and creative commercial work, Bring, bring life back into radio. And if, if radio kicks you to the curb, um, there is uh, standalone voiceover work. You can, don't restrict yourself to animation. Lots of people find that as the most uh, glittery, attractive thing. Ooh, fame, fortune, cartoons. But there is so many, there are so many levels of voiceover work. Narrations, corporate stuff, um, e-learning stuff. Um, audio books and reading for the blind and just there's so much stuff that you can bring life to with your voice you just heard big arms from sonic generations one of my favorite 3ds boss fights ever actually uh, and before that you heard mike pollock uh, our interview with mike pollock and just after that you heard E-G-G-M-A-N by Paul Shortino from Sonic Adventure 2. That spells Eggman. Now keep an eye out for that on our socials because that's a that's an interview I was very happy with. Uh, but we of course we do talk want to talk about something that isn't anything to do with Sega, actually. It is Nintendo. Uh, the F-Zero franchise is now 30 years old. You wouldn't think so. Um, if Nintendo was to ever bring back F-Zero. Uh, what would we want to see from it? Is it doomed to be only remembered as a Smash character? You know, is, is, is it gone for good? Is F-Zero dead? Do we want to see it come back? Tell me. Tom, go. Wow. You know, I'm really excited that this was put on me straight away. 
I, I think it's a complicated question because F Zero is such a unique title, and especially when it came out as like the fast-paced racing game. And I think back to the SNES when graphically, oh, now we have that 2D flat texture we can set as the map that you can see that as you drive around. You know, simulating that fast-paced stuff really, you could feel it a bit more in I feel lower graphics, which is such a strange thing to say, but. Something that excites me now is the thought of a game like F-Zero that feels fast, like a racing game where it feels like, oh my gosh, I'm really traveling at high speeds here. And I think that like the more we get into high graphic intensity, the harder that that becomes to simulate because it's more like, oh, I know I'm in a game, you know, like Mario Kart. I don't really feel like I'm fast or I'm slow. I'm just Mario Kart. Like, I don't know if that's just me. You know, similar games like uh, I think of racing sims I've played. I say racing sims broadly. I think like Grand Theft Auto. I think Forza. I think like Dirt Rally, uh, Mario Kart. Like, you know, those games, I never feel like I'm really that fast. I feel like I'm talented and I can drive around corners and I can stay on track and I can do like, I can cut turns right. Uh, But, you know, it's uh, games like Track Mania, I feel, although some niches where i do really feel like i'm fast I don't, this is such a strange thought to have right f-zero that's kind of its whole stick right connor that's it's that it's super fast paced tom, tom i bring you one caveat to everything you just said what's that fast rmx i haven't played it it was a nintendo switch launch title mm-hmm. done by shinin multimedia who also worked on the art of balance and the tourist it is practically F-Zero. It is more so similar to Wipeout, but if you want a game that makes you feel like you are traveling at very fast speeds, that is the exact game, and that is why I truly believe we'll never see another F-Zero game. Huh. I, think, I think we actually do have quite a, genre, like a small genre of that style, and I think it's actually going to be dominated by Shin and Multimedia because... They are the masters of that style. So and on top of that, RMX. Yes. Which lots so okay, yeah. it came out on the same day. And as well, for how graphically intensive the game is, it runs at a flawless 60 frames per second. I argue, I argue for fast RMX with Nintendo can sometimes struggle to have their games running at a full 60 FPS nowadays. Yet, Shinra Multimedia have managed to really capitalize on the hardware and produce something that I don't think Nintendo want to do at this point. I don't think Nintendo want to do another F-Zero because I just don't think they see it as a profitable franchise. That's why I don't think we'll see a Pikmin 4. That's why I don't think we'll oh, see another oh Pikmin my my heart yeah. that's why yeah. i don't see because there's going to be franchises that people want to see but nintendo will be like no we I think we about don't see, like fast we don't see the value in it and i see like people reference stuff like uh field of view and depth of field being played with and it really it reminds me of a lot of mobile racing games and i feel like yeah. maybe that's where maybe the stigma of racing games being that like the zoomy effect is kind of its place itself in the mobile market and I don't know. Personally, as a consumer, I'd be like, "This this looks kind of tacky to me." Well, if if I may, I'm going to jump in and just like you mentioned that um, the game that I've honestly forgotten the name of at the top of my head. Um, you know, it, it's filling that void, but it's missing 
something that I feel F-Zero had, and especially more in the later entries of it, and that was its campiness, its fun, its story, its characters, um, because, like, you only need to look on a surface level to see that Captain Falcon is a fantastically interesting character. It's enough to get you interested. And other racing games don't have anything along the lines of, um, you know, a Blood Falcon or anything like that. It feels almost like a bad 2000s uh, adaptation of an anime or something like that it feels different it feels like phoenix right in a car but that's something i don't think we're going to get with something generic but eh, what can you do but i also i don't know if it's just me but now that i think about it is it very possible that nintendo only want one racing franchise happening that well, being you're starting Mario to make me feel sad you're starting because... to make me feel sad <laughs> Because here's the thing, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold over 30 million units on Switch. Mario Kart Wii sold, I think, even more of that. Like, that's the racing franchise that makes them all the money. Mm. Why? Like, I just don't think they would invest in another racing franchise when it's not going to provide them the money, like Mario mm. Kart and the sales, like Mario Kart. But like what's not as depressing as what I've just said there, oddly enough, is Mario Kart. Um, big blue from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. God damn the timing of everything. You are listening <laughs> yeah. to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Tom, and Nathan. You just heard FWD by Donatachi featuring Lalika from our Sweet 16. Check that out every single week at sin.org.au or noon Sunday, uh, the Sunday Sweets show. Tell them we said hello. Now, we are, of course, at our first top of the hour. It will be nine o'clock. If it's not, well, check your clock, reset your clock. Your clock's wrong. Um, but, of course, if you want to find more Player One goodness, you can check us out on Player One on Twitter and Instagram, Player One on YouTube, and Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And, you know, we have a lot of really fun stuff coming up in the next uh, hour or so. And, you know, before I even get to that, I just want to hype up again. We did an interview with Mike Pollock, the voice actor for Dr. Eggman, the Pokemon narrator, and so many more characters. So definitely check that out when it comes up on our socials and our podcast realm. But as I said, we have a fun hour coming up. We actually have a theme. It is a 90s theme. Anyone who caught last week will know it was an 80s theme. I figured, well, let's move forward just a couple of years. And here we are. And we're going to have a theme of songs and hit songs and songs that I honestly just thought like, oh, that's, a, that's very 90s. But we're going to go into Connor's special quiz later. We have uh, a discussion about how important the 90s were in video games. And... We're also going to discuss the anniversary of the SNES being released in the West. But before we can get to anything like that, please enjoy Gangster's Paradise by Coolio on Player One with... And that was said too much by Nadala from the Sweet 16 playlist that you can hear every Sunday afternoon on Sunday Sweets on Sin. Go check them out. And before that, you heard Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. But you know what? It's time for another quiz. And since I won last week, I you, get you to do the quiz again. You only won by default. You only won by default. 
I still won, and I'm taking it. So two and zero for Connor. And so instead, we're instead of Crash Bandicoot and keeping with the '90s theme, uh, I decided we're going to do uh, a fun little quiz based off one of my favorite consoles. PlayStation so, One, the Game Gear. Oh. I was. No, it's it's actually the the Tiger Electronics Game dot com. Um, oh. Game com. So. Uh, so let me just test those buzzers out, guys. Jacob. Nathan. Tom. Fantastic. Oh, you like know that. how this goes. Now let's get cracking into the first question. So question one, what are the four action buttons on the PlayStation 1 controller? Nathan, oh, Nathan I think I heard you first there. Uh, X, square, circle, and triangle. You are absolutely correct there, Nathan. That's a point for you. Question two. Was the PlayStation 1 a cartridge or disc-based system? Disc. Tom, yep, you got that. Yep. And bonus point, how many bits was the system? Uh, It was 32. That is correct. Tom on the board with two. Nathan on one. Jacob, you're at a big fat zero. That was easy. It was easy because Nintendo made the 64 their whole stick as the advertisement because it's like, this is how we compete. We say that our console is bigger. And Tom, I would argue that is how every console advertised itself from the Super Nintendo up until the PlayStation 2 era. Mm -hmm. Question three. What was the release month and year of the PS1 in Australia? Jacob. Jacob. Uh, So the month, I have a 1 in 12 chance here. Uh, Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say the month was given video game releases and given that they would have wanted it to have been. Keep in mind, this is also Australian release. True. I still think there would have been a push to have it near a holiday of sorts. I'm going mm-hmm. to assume, and given how late we get consoles, or at least used to get consoles and games, uh, I'm going to say it was a no early, no late November, 1995 release. Jacob, Tom. you are 110 percent correct. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that was a very good guess. Very good guess, actually. That kind of blew me away. Uh, question four. What was the Final Fantasy game that notoriously skipped Jacob. the Nintendo 64? Yep, Jacob. Final Fantasy Seven. Correct. I didn't even have to finish it. I knew you would answer that one. All right. So, Jacob, you are on two. Nathan, you are one. And Tom, Tom, you are on two as well. So it's, it's getting pretty tight. It's getting pretty tight there. Question five. In 1997, what was the addition to the PlayStation 1 controller? Tom. Nathan. Tom. Uh, It was the analog sticks. You are absolutely correct there, Tom. The original DualShock controller. Well, I was going to say also the Rumble, uh, potentially. Which Which was essentially in the DualShock. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, oh, I so, don't know which one you mean. Shocks us. <laughs> so, yeah, Tom, three, up to three points. Jacob, two. Nathan, one. Okay. Question six, gentlemen. How many units in total did the PlayStation 1 sell worldwide? 
Oh, I got to think of like 90s console numbers because they're very different nowadays. Um, Nathan. Nathan, you're up first, bud. I'm going to say 1 million. It's definitely a lot more than 1 million. So, Nathan, you are incorrect. Tom. Tom. 80 million. You are incorrect. Jacob, Um, the floor is yours. I'm going to say this is... Do we can the, can the person who gets closest to it get to get a point here? Because I feel like yep. it's it's very everywhere. Yep. I'm gonna say it was twenty five mil. Boy, boy, you were all all three of you were off by a lot. Oh. So Tom, you were the tasking. closest to it. No. The PS One sold. 102 million units worldwide. 102. 102. One of the best-selling consoles of all time. That's actually not far off uh, modern console sales, Jacob. Mm. Not at all. Not at all. It sounds pretty common for what we get at the end of a console's life. 100. Yeah. Approaching 100 million. In all fairness, I was thinking of like the N64, which sold uh, famously pretty badly. Um, Yeah. No. no, there was a reason why the, the PlayStation was a much easier console to develop for and had a, a much more so much more games. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. And a lot more games that people have very fond memories of. But we're gonna get cracking on with question seven. Let me ask you something, and I'll, I'll give a closest to so point to the closest answer. What why did the PlayStation happen? Jacob oh, Nathan. I heard uh-huh. Jacob there. Uh, it yeah, was but... a failed, it was due to, I guess, uh, a sense of pettiness based on a failed um, business dealing between uh, Nintendo and Sony after Nintendo kind of ditched Sony and went with Philips CDI and developed the Philips CDI uh, for the Nintendo, um, I believe it was the SNES. Yeah. Um, Attuned Player One listeners would recall last week when we talked about this exact topic. Yes. Jacob, you are absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. But now we're getting into some interesting things here. Now, this is going to be, I want exact answers here. Oh, boy. So, according to Metacritic, what is the highest rated game on the PlayStation 1? Oh. Would it be Final Fantasy 7? Jacob, you are incorrect. Oh. <laughs> it's a few answers in my head that are rattling around. Tom, um, Nathan? There's a lot that's going on in my head right now. There's a lot of good The worst games. part is when I was playing PlayStation 1, I was playing the children's games for the PlayStation 1. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of games out there that people would say, no, you know, there's, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't want to say Bloodborne. That's probably not the right answer. Um, Think about the highest rated game on PlayStation 1. Yep. The first Crash Bandicoot. You are incorrect because that actually is not rated by Metacritic. Shockingly enough. That is Is shocking. Oh, it might be. I think I might have an idea. Nathan? Um, I'm going to... I have no idea. Can I I throw another answer out there? I, well, you can. Is, 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 is it Banjo Nathan? and Kazooie? 
That no, was oh, no, not Van Drake and Zoe. I was thinking, um, uh, what's the other Russian one I was Clank? thinking of? No, Russian Clank was PS2. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure what you were thinking then. I, I, I'm going to throw mine out there. I don't think it is, and I don't. I'm not going to accept a point if it is. It isn't um, Symphony of the Night, is it? Castlevania Symphony of the Night. No, but you are close. Really? So, Nathan, do you have a final answer, or are you going to pass? Um. Uh, no, the one I'm thinking of wasn't PlayStation in any way. I, I have no idea. It was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 <laughs> oh. at, night, at 98%. Of course. Yeah, okay. That's what happens when you have Rage Against the Machine on your soundtrack. All I'm, right. I, I'm sorry. I just, I just, we, we all named fantastic games. You as really much did. As Tony Hawk is amazing. It's not a it's not Crash One. It's not Symphony of the Night. It's not Final Fantasy Seven. I was going to say Final Fantasy Seven as well. So, by the way, okay. So as I was, I was doing like... research for this, Final Fantasy Seven got ninety two, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night got ninety three. And uh, Crash was so good that they it broke Metacritic every time they tried to rate it. So they just decided the the only one I could see from Crash was the Crash Team Racing and Crash Three, um, but. Now, so no one got the point there, but on the let's but let's go to the flip side of the equation. What do we think is the worst rated game on the PlayStation One? Okay, oh. so question, question. I know IGN does. I'm not 100 sure if Metacritic does. Do they have a, a separate rating system? A separate, I guess. Um, what's the word? Foldering so type of situation for games that I'm are actually going... AAA and going to be good, or you know, no, like I'm going by barrel. what I'm going by what Metacritic has given us as the lowest rated game on the PlayStation One. So it's too many games. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's why I'm asking. Is, 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 is it a game like an actual AAA or is it a here's first game? I would game? say it's from a very no well known license. Jacob. Yeah. It's Bubsy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, actually, Bubsy 3D. Jacob, it breaks my heart to say this. <laughs> but you are incorrect. Really? Oh, no. A well-known franchise. Now, Gex oh, came out for Gex. PlayStation 2, so that's not correct. <laughs> Gex did have PS1 games. Uh, but it's not. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. No, it's Gex not, is not, it's not that a, bad. It's not Taco it's Tuesdays not at Bill Murray's house. So. No, it's not. <sighs> like, I... I want to lit- okay this is just I'm just going to throw it out there and say like it's some game shows PlayStation 1 port like Jeopardy or like that's a fair call that's a fair like, call that, that's like, definitely a fair who, call the hottest, uh, yeah what are the who wants to be a millionaire for PlayStation 1 or something like that is that your final answer sure uh Tom you are incorrect no yeah. Nathan uh, I have oh um what's a really bad PS1 game there are plenty out there. That's the problem. Uh, there are plenty out there. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. All right. So, Nathan, I'm going to take that as a pass. So, the answer is Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Battle 22. Okay. <laughs> With a name like that, I can't understand why. Who wants um, to take a guess at what their Metacritic score was? 0.01. I'm going to say 10. 22. <laughs> How so very Meta- fitting. Metacritic is never that harsh. Uh, um, like most rating oh, systems know. aren't that harsh. 
Okay, mm, it so... annoys me. It frustrates me beyond belief. All right. So here we go. Final question. Now, this one's going to be a bit interesting because there are 20 points up for grabs. Here. <laughs> you, can earn, you can earn up to 20 and I will take repeat answers, but I will not confirm what is correct until after the questions have been answered. So oh. in 2018, the PlayStation Classic released to middling reviews. It is now being used in my house oh, as I a paperweight. This is... Oh, what games fucking can I can you guys name all 20 games on the PlayStation Classic? So we're gonna do it one at a time. So one at a time per okay. person. So, so I'm, Jacob, I'm gonna I'm, take a start. I'm gonna ask before we even start because there is an unbelievable uh there are a lot of very niche games in there, and realistically, I don't think anyone here is getting all 20. Uh is it are we just gonna get whoever gets the most? Yeah. If you can give me 20 games. You get 20 points. It's one point per game. Jacob, you're one yep. point behind me. All you have to do is get two correct, and I could probably get none. Um, okay, okay. So, PlayStation 1 Classic. What year did it release again? 2018. 2018. Okay, so uh, I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy 7 was on there. Yeah. Um, Oddworld, Abe's Abe's Escape. Um, oh, good, uh, good old, uh, got, a, got a lot of Abe's Escape. Yep. The first Resi was on there. So was the first Metal Gear. There's quite a few classics on there. Um, so I'm going to say Abe's Odyssey. I'll, I'll wait till oh. Tom. I'll, just I'll wait till yours repeats. afterwards. I'm just trying to steal from him. Sorry, uh, no, we'll, wait. We'll, we'll get to you, Tom. Yeah, we'll get to you, Tom. Don't, don't, don't say whether or not I got it right or not, because they'll just yeah, take we don't, that. We don't want to know. No, we don't no, want to no, know. Um, um, there was a Tekken game on there. Do I have to name what Tekken number it was? I'll say yeah. Three? Okay. Three? I'm going to say three. What else you got there, Jacob? Um, oh, <laughs> this is where I'm going to struggle. There was a racing game on there. There was a racing game on there. There was a racing game. Um, was it Ridge Racer? My okay. I'm just going to point this out. My knowledge of this is going back to a goddamn uh, Kadikaris video, and I'm just trying to think of the things I laughed at uh, or went ooh. And there's not much that I remember of that video particularly. Um, At any point, I'm, Jacob, you could tap out. I'm going to add another one in there because I know I have a friend who keeps talking about it um, and I mm -hmm. still don't know what the game actually is, but Battle mm -hmm. Arena Toshinden. Toshinden. Okay, and that's where I'm going to leave that. I do not know elsewise. All right. So, Nathan or Tom, who wants to go next? Um, I'll go next. Nathan, what you got there, pal? Um, I'm going to say Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. Um. Rayman. Okay. Uh, now, Nathan, I, I hope you're not. I hope you haven't googled it in the meantime. <laughs> I'm not. Like you did that quiz no. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um. Okay. I. I'm going to say Resident Evil as well. Um, Tekken 3. 
and I have no idea otherwise. Okay, all right, Tom. Well, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to pull a smart one. And like, if, so let's say Nathan has cheated. Okay, let's, let's, <laughs> let's say he, has he didn't cheated. answer all 20 is enough for me. Okay, uh, so I'm going to say Rayman, Resident Evil 1, Tekken 3, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I'm going to say Abe's Odyssey, the first one. Um, I'm going to say Forza, not Forza, sorry. Um, Gran Turismo 1. That's um, a good call. Uh, maybe Gran Turismo 2, let's chuck that in there. Um, I'm going to say Street Fighter 3. Um... Street Fighter 3 gets way too many re-releases and the spin-offs and just whatever. I think everyone is just... Um, I remember no game I wanted to play was on it. Okay, so Metal Gear Solid. Um, uh, Okay, Uh, SimCity. Um, Gosh, dang. Come on, Tom. PlayStation 1 games. Um... Mm, alien uh xenomorph trilogy or the alien trilogy i think it's called is by acclaim uh, uh i'm trying to think of games that i have on the PlayStation. don't worry mate if you you can tap out at any time you know i'll tap out uh, uh, monsters inc i can't remember the rest of it than its name monsters i have that, inc. As well. oh, I have that right. on PlayStation. i don't think disney so. would have let their name be on there that i know was... but it's another game i have and i know another spyro or the crash bandicoot games i like to run it yeah time. okay so First things first, mm-hmm. I will start off by giving you the full lineup. Okay. So from A to Z, we have Battle Arena Toshinden. Okay. Cool crazy. Borders 2, Destruction Derby, oh. Final Fantasy 7, hey! Grand Theft Auto, Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Metal Gear Solid, Mr. Hey. Driller, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey, right. Rayman, Resident Evil, Revelations Persona. Ridge Racer Type 4, Super Puzzle, f- oh, this is gonna be a mouthful. Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Siphon Filter, Tekken 3, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Twisted Metal, and finally, Wild Arms. Okay. Now, Tom, yep. you answered six of uh... the 20 games, so you will be sitting at 10 points. Jacob. Thank you. Don't think I got that many. You got seven correct. Hey. Oh. You are on 10 points. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Nathan, you finish at six points. Uh, We're going to need so a tiebreaker question there. All right. All right. We'll, we'll do a tiebreaker question. Let me just uh, let me do some research for uh, unprepared. I- Unprepared uh, question. I have an I- idea, but it'll uh, never mind. That's okay. All right. You know what? Let's you know. What? Let's throw it out there. Here's a here's a tiebreaker question that I'm totally just pulled out of my my tablet. What was the highest rated Crash Bandicoot game on the PlayStation One? Um, yep. Who? Jacob, yeah. Crash 2. Okay. Tom? Crash Team Racing. <laughs> God damn it. You both got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was goddamn Crash 3. 
Ah, oh, come on, Chris, choose the best one. <laughs> All right, okay, pick the worst. Oh, Mind of a Mutant is really the best one. Specifically on the PlayStation 1. Oh, oh. The worst. Um. <laughs> Tom. Tom, yep, go for it. Crash Team Racing. Jacob? Is it Crash 1? I'll take the but Crash lowest. 1 wasn't related. wasn't rated. It was... I'm not no, gonna it wasn't. Take... Okay, I re-answer that. What Crash games were there on the PlayStation? <laughs> God damn it. It's not three. Is it two? I'm just going to put two back in there. <laughs> they both uh... get it wrong again. God damn it! Uh, you know, at this point, I'm going to say who. I'm going to go back to Metacritic, 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 and see which one of those two was the lowest. Because I'm not going to look. I'm not going to even going to ask another question. Oh, it's, it's not <laughs> so, going to be Crash Two. Crash Two is not the lowest. Damn it! But neither is Crash Team Racing. Which of them is lower? That's what I'm about to find out right now. All right. All right. Let me just see if I can find Crash 2 on Metacritic. Do I have a Metacritic rating? That's what I'm trying to find. It apparently doesn't, according to what you said before. That was Crash 1. I don't know if Crash 2. I thought you said the oh, only no. Crash games were CRT and... Wait, CTR and... Um... I thought that was the case. I could be... Oh, you got to be fucking shitting me. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't. All right. So. <sighs> Crash 2 is not rated. Uh. <laughs> so does that mean Tom wins by default? So Tom wins by default. Um, the, lowest cra- the, the lowest rated Crash game on Metacritic in terms of the PS1 is Crash Bash. That's what oh. I was going to say. I was uncertain whether it was on the PlayStation 1 or the PlayStation 2, though. Yeah, that's so, where a lot of my mind went. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, I don't like know Crash, what was which, PlayStation 2. So, in, yeah, Crash Bash. Yep. So, so Tom, after all this, yep. you quiz. have just, won the quiz. I just know the PlayStation 1 better than the, your average gamer, I can say. So, boy. Can, can I just re-reference these points? Because what, what a high-scoring uh, round this has been. Tom on 11, okay. myself on 10, and Nathan on 6. I will say, I literally <laughs> piggybacked off of a the person who knew more than me and then also another person who knew more than me on the Final it, Games thing. So, and that's what, I, that's what I expected. That's what I was hoping for. And you know what, Tom? You, you've, you've got one more... One more point than Jacob, so congratulations. A winner is you. Thank you. And yeah, now you have to make the next quiz. Yes. Well, you, know what? you know what? While he makes the next quiz, I'm going to go calm down. I'm going to go uh, relax. I actually know a good friend of mine, Will Smith. Um, we're great friends. Really know him. Uh, we're both going to go get jiggy with it. He is getting jiggy with it uh, by Will Smith here on Player. Uh, that was Forget Your Meds by... Darcy Spiller from Sin Sweet 16 playlist. You're listening to Player One on Sin with me, Nathan, as well as Tom, Jacob, and Connor. Um, right now we're talking about the 90s and video games. The 90s were pretty cool for video games. We had the rise of Sony and um, the rise of Sega as well. 
Um, yeah. And then the eventual fall. The eventual fall of Sega. But no, you, you mentioned the 90s and like you said cool. I think the word I would have used would have been radical um, because what a, de- what a decade for gaming. We had the SNES. Uh, we had uh, Sonic. We had um, the Nintendo 64. We had the birth of Sony. Uh, we had a lot of s- classic games. We had the jump into 3D, which for some game franchises worked really, really well. Um, look at Mario and uh, Zelda, and for some worked uh, really, really badly. Uh, look at Sonic. Um, it, it, it's it's fascinating. Do, do we have any immediate memories with ninety game nineties games that uh, jump out and be like, "Whoa, how you know? Look how important this was to where oh, we no. are now." I I was only like three years old when the nineties ended ended. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair um, enough. <laughs> Any experiences with the '90s games? Though we just we just finished the quiz on the PlayStation One, and that oh, was '90s classics. It, I, well, well, yeah, I played um I played the um the Monsters Inc. game oh, <laughs> on the PlayStation classic. One. Classic. <laughs> well, how much influence did that game have? You know, maybe a little you bit. Know on what? Surprisingly, a lot. Really, it's surprisingly really good. Yeah, yeah. there were a lot I of love like, a documentary made about that. There were a lot of Disney games from that time that were actually disney nickelodeon whatever company um like yeah that were actually like, um, really really good uh, prince of persia i was more thinking um mm. things like um, was aladdin the... and so on oh no that was aladdin yeah I was thinking toy aladdin, story yeah. had great ones rugrats had great ones um oh if you can think of it being a movie in the movie franchise in the 90s it probably had a half decent game um but yeah i mean <laughs> I remember Stuart Little. That's one. Stuart Little, yeah. Uh, I think like franchises, though. This is where a lot of franchises that we look at nowadays, classics and fantastic, and really built the game industry off. Really picked up here. Like I'm looking at my shelf. I see Resident Evil right now. Um, that's a franchise that started in the '90s, and oh my god, it has become the, you know the horror oh. horror game juggernaut it is today um that's just one example any examples jump out to you guys yeah um, i can think of one immediately you know i don't have to look on my shelf i can look towards my heart you know games like resident evil sure they are currently now especially uh living back in the spotlight but i enjoyed when they were not in the spotlight you know i still had a life and i think i can owe a lot of that life to a little little handheld game for the game boy called pokemon um yeah <laughs> just highest selling franchise of all time and you know yeah. it it lives on in my heart i constantly talk about it constantly play it it's how i got into competitive esports was with pokemon and <laughs> that's yeah. like a major part of my life now um, a lot of a lot of my um my gaming experience was actually with more um early 2000s gaming so like with the playstation 2 and um subsequent um get, uh, generations Mm. I will. I want to add to this because the and pardon my French here. Um, the '90s in terms of gaming and advertising was one big swing after another because this was the <laughs> rise of what the angry video game nerd calls uh, the bit wars, where companies were wanting to advertise that they have a more powerful console, which <laughs> led to the first, you know, the the Atari Jaguar. 
being the first 64-bit console and the advertising really emphasizing to do the math on 64 bits. Then you had the rise of the 32-bit systems, which uh, obviously the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, um, and shockingly enough, people might not actually remember this was a 32-bit system, but the Virtual Boy, which was in advertising initially, uh, was dubbed VR32, which not the first time they put in, Nintendo put in numbers, uh, which also led to the Nintendo 64. I just, it was a time where I can be somewhat, I'm, I'm very happy that I grew up in the 90s with games, but there's also a time where it can be quite embarrassing seeing the advertising trying to really put gamers in a dumbed down um, way. If I may, and you mentioned advertising, I think no company um, oh, got advertising none of, none of... more correct, or at least more effectively than uh, Sega for when they did it. Um, you know, obviously Nintendo, uh, sorry, Sega does what Nintendo don't <laughs> is uh, famous slash infamous for what it was, and uh, for you know, just a personal message to whoever decided that was a great idea. I will always love you. Here is I will always love you by Whitney Houston on Player One on Sin. And that was When You Forget Me by Eilish Gilligan from the Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin. Go check it out on Sunday Sweets every Sunday afternoon. And before that, you just heard And I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston I could not resist but we're good but one thing I also cannot resist is talking about the Super Nintendo now I don't have much of a uh, a background with this because the most I've played with Super Nintendo is 10 minutes of Super Mario Kart and you know what it was good and it was the first ever Mario Kart game boy it sure felt like it I mean you are right and I think you know I'm going to jump in here because I am very much one of Many of Sins um, and Player One specifically, uh, our Nintendo fans, um, the SNES was fantastic. Um, of course, it this week is the anniversary of when it released in the West originally, and I figured, you know what, let's chat about it. Obviously, Super Nintendo, just some of the games. I'm going to list off some of the games that released on this console. We had Super Mario World. We had Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario Kart, as Connor mentioned, uh, A Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, uh, Super Metroid, Yoshi's Island, Star Fox, F-Zero, we talked about it earlier, Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Mortal Kombat, Mega Man X, The Secret of Mana, Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy IV, and so, so many more fantastic classic games. And like, just listing off some of those names, things like Super Metroid, that's a... That's a speed-running um, staple nowadays because of how well-built that game is and how fantastic that game is. And I'd argue it hasn't aged a day. Uh, a Link to the Past is arguably the best Zelda game uh, ever. Um, Super Mario World is a lot of people's favorite Mario game. Donkey Kong Country was fantastic for what it was when it was. Mario Kart started there, as Connor said, the first one. It's not the best one. Um Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, those are two JRPG like super giants. Um, Star Fox, it didn't pick up until the 64, but still. Um, Super Mario RPG, people want a Mario RPG character in Smash. This is how important this console is to, I guess, the entirety of gaming. And like, 
you know, it, it, it is what it is. And Connor, I can see that you, you, you want to put your hand up a little bit. Yeah, yep, yep. So now that you mentioned Mortal Kombat, another thing that was super 90s was Mortal Kombat. And fun fact, uh, the Sega Genesis version or Sega Mega Drive version of Mortal Kombat outside the Super Nintendo because the Super Nintendo one was actually kind of the pile of dog duty because the Sega Genesis had the blood code, which <laughs> everyone wanted. And it dramatically affected sales for Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. It dramatically because, affected all of gaming. Yes, but man, they had the blood code. That's all you can ask for. Well, and, the actual, and the actual fatalities as well. That's where Sega does what Nintendo don't came from, right? Damn right. Yeah, that, as well much, as yeah. that game that people broke into the house or something it was weird drama um about. yes i forget the name of it I... night trap night trap that's it and nintendo america said night trap will never be on a nintendo system and it got remade <laughs> uh, the switch boy boy i wonder how that aged amazing how like, <laughs> 20 years can change the world <laughs> um, well, like I look fondly upon the SNES as a console that was always on at like my friend's grandma's house and you just boot it up, you play <laughs> Super Mario like three and you just have a, a great time. I don't know why it always reminds me of that as well. I'm the, like the yellow plastic instead of gray after the, the sun and time had weathered away at the poor console's body. You know, it's it, it, it reminds me of my childhood, but not in a way like other consoles do nostalgia wise, but more of like, hey, that's, that's childhood energy to me. I don't know if that has any sense to anyone, but you know, that's it's not for anyone. It's for me. Huh? That's my joke. Yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be in your dreams. And speaking of dreams, our next song is God damn it, by the cranberries. <laughs> you dreams me to by it. the cranberries. Just to repeat, <laughs> enjoy player <laughs> one on. Stage. And what you just heard was All of This by Georgia Smith. And that was from the Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin. Go check it out, Sunday Sweets, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, every Sunday. It's great. And then before that, you heard Dreams by the Cranberries. Boy, I had dreams when I was a kid. But you know what's a dream? It's the top of the hour. I can't believe it's gone by so quickly. And you know what I'm going to do at the top of the hour? I'm going to tell you everything about where to find us you can go check us out on the twitters and the instagrams at player one cent and go check go check us out on the podcast realm at google podcast apple podcast spotify omni and you know what go i haven't we haven't heard it yet go check out the goddamn sin website sin.org.au go check us out that player one banner not too hard to find we've got a ton of great stuff there tom Oh no, Tom's gone. Michael Transactions has taken him, but I'm with Jacob and Nathan who are still here. Guys, you guys ready for the, the, the final hour of the show? That I am. I'm ready. Like, how how more excited can I be? I'm, I'm going to hype it up because it's my series anyway. But uh, after this, we have one of my favorite little bits here. Uh, my Nuzlocke series. And look, I, I'm just going to give hint and spoils. This one's a bit of a, it's a doozy of a week. Um, listen in and hear how badly i can play pokemon uh but kind of what else have we got coming well, Jacob, up the you know what's better than hearing you play badly at pokemon and that's this next song it's the record player song by daisy the great you are listening to player one on sin with connor jacob and nathan hi my name is jacob you may know me as player one's executive producer or you may know me as that one guy who knows pokemon a little bit too well I recently decided I was going to test that knowledge and really throw myself into the deep end and do a Nuzlocke and keep people 
up to date on how I do and the story behind it. Now, I'm sure you guys are wondering, what is a Nuzlocke? Simple, it's Pokemon, but hard. A couple simple rules completely change how you approach and play the game. What are those rules? Well, rule number one, if a Pokemon faints, it is considered dead and must be released. That thing is buried, gone, goodbye, my friend. Number two, all Pokemon must be nicknamed. This makes you more attached to each Pokemon you catch. Just think about it. Losing Geodude the Geodude doesn't hurt as much as losing Craig the Geodude. Rule number three, you can only catch the first Pokemon on each route. So if you find some magical, rare, special, golden ticket Pokemon, but before that you found some boring pink cat, well, too bad. Number four, if you lose, it means you lose. It means that you suck. It means that you were a loser, and it means that people will laugh at you. And rule number five, just because I decided to make it harder on myself, I'm not going to be using any items in battle, just like they do in the Pokemon anime, because I wanted to be stupid. Well, without further ado, here is my adventure. Our story starts exactly where we left off, right outside the Rustboro City Gym, being proud of having defeated Roxanne. The moment we leave the gym, though, we're stopped as we watch a pirate running away from a businessman. Businessman calling for help. We ignore those for just a second, and we go heal first. We eventually catch up with the businessman, and he tells us that the pirate stole his quote-unquote goods. We decide to follow the pirate and get those goods back. We find ourselves at the mouth of a cave. Standing outside that cave is an old man who's complaining that his Pico has been stolen. As to what a Pico is, I have no idea, but this man loves it. So we head in and we find a Pokemon. Our first encounter of this episode, it is a Whismur, a small pink rabbit. I catch it with very little issue. And now we have Anxiety, the Whismur, on the team. I head forward a little bit, and I face off against this pirate. I take out his dog, and I take back the Wingo. That's what Pico is. It's a seagull. We give it back to the old man, and we give the goods back to the businessman. The businessman introduces us to the CEO of his company, something that does not happen in real life. I promise you that. The CEO, Mr. Stone, sends us to Duford Town to meet up with his son and give him a letter. We also have to head, eventually, to Slateport City, where we will hand some very important documents over. Remembering that the old man, Mr. Briny, offered to give us a lift across the sea, we head down to his cottage. But before we can get there, we bump into our old rival, Brandon. Now, we get we actually deal with Brandon and battle him fairly well. We get through it pretty quickly. There was a moment of worry, but nothing really to worry about. We continue to head south, eventually meeting up with Mr. Briny, who takes us across the sea. While we're surfing across, we get a call from our dad on our new mobile phone, and he goes, Hello, how are you? And unbelievably, it was a very awkward conversation that went nowhere. We arrive in Duford Town, hang up, and do a bit of exploring. We find a man giving away an old fishing rod. We use it, actually, almost immediately. 
we catch ourselves a magic cup. Now, I should mention that this magic cup will be extremely useful. For those who don't know, Gyarados is a fantastic Pokemon, especially in Nuzlocks. I nickname the brand new fish on our team, Wine. Why? Because it's only going to get better with age. Following this, we head north into a cave where we find a Zubat. Now, I know most people hearing this are thinking, oh no, not a Zubat. How's he going to do anything with a Zubat? Let me tell you how. Zubat is actually fantastic. It evolves early, and you can get a Crobat very, very early. By level 21, you can get a Crobat. That is fantastic. But we catch it, we trek through the dark cave, not being able to see a fumble around until I reach my destination. We get to a room where a single man stands alone. This man is Stephen Stone, and he's fairly important, but at the moment, he's not. So we give him the letter, and then we head back to the CEO, and we get our reward. He passes us the one and only EXP share, and oh boy, that's gonna help. We head back to Doofa Town, and I head straight into the gym. Now, I thought we were prepared. I thought we'd be fine. It's a fighting type gym. I was wrong. The first trainer we fight gives us our first death of the run. Fun guy, the fun guy, had to be put down in order to save Zingerbox. It was a sacrifice, but it was a needed one. I very much underestimated the first trainer. But did that stop me from rushing into the rest of the gym? Blind? With rage? No! I went in and kept going, eventually evolving Zingerbox into a Combuscan, which thank god I did, because our fight with Brawly was intense. I stood eye to eye, face to face, and then we started the fight. He sent out a Marchop, me sending out Zingerbox. Zingerbox dealt with the Marchop pretty well before fighting off a Metatite. This is where it gets dangerous though. His final Pokemon, his ace in the hole, a Makuhita with Arm Thrust, with Vital Throw, two very strong moves, moves that I underestimated. One hit almost took down Zingerbox from full health, and at that point I knew we were in trouble. I sent out Bjork the Poochiana in order to eat a hit and essentially get sacrificed so I could swap into Chippy and try to use our flying type advantage. It didn't work. What happened was Bjork died, and then I sent out Chippy, and Chippy, our unsung hero, or our very sung hero even, was knocked off in the very next move. Thinking that I might be able to get a sand attack and maybe save the entire team by forcing him to miss once or twice, I sent out Raxoom. Raxoom was not fast enough. Raxoom was knocked out again in one hit. I followed up by sending out our new Zubat, our now new Zubat called The Count. I was very excited to use him, but alas, he was not able to confuse the Makuhita. We had two Pokemon left, Jafar and Zingerbox. Zingerbox was on half health. I knew that if I was going to do anything here, I needed Jafar to win. I needed Jafar to get as much damage done as possible. I sent out Jafar. Landed a confusion, and lo and behold, Jafar did not knock it out. Did not get close enough. 
that Makuhira swung his arm and took out Jafar in one fell swoop. We are on our knees right now. Zingabox is the only Pokemon standing on the team. However, all of our luck had been summoned in one go. We got a very, very lucky set of circumstances. Zingabox sent out a puff of fire and hit a critical hit ember. It was fantastic, but it wasn't enough to kill. However, Makuhita got burned, missed an attack, and we won. Barely, but we won. But it wasn't easy. On our way, we lost quite a few Pokemon. Chippy, the Count, Rakzoom, Jafar, Bjork, and Fungi had all died in that gym. We have been rattled. However, we are not gone. We will continue our adventure in the next episode. Before that, please enjoy this song. And that was Pokemon Season 2 opening. And what you heard just before then, just a nice little, nice little bit of Jacob's little Nuzlocke series. We've been, we've been hearing how bad he is at playing Pokemon. Now, okay. Jacob, tell me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard. It was, it was god-awful. Probably the worst I've ever heard. But, that's, Jacob, that's what's better? What's better than you playing Pokemon right now? Um, most things, most things. I know the song we just heard, uh, Esther by Bank, uh, which was featuring Tianxi, part of our Sweet 16. You can check that out every week, sendout.org.au. Um, as you said before, though, we the Pokemon Season 2 opening as well, pretty bloody good. Um, but you know what is a lot more exciting than me playing Pokemon will ever be? Mm. The idea that we almost got a Power Rangers open world Arkham style game. That's right. A Power Rangers open world Arkham style game was pitched by Project Nomad, Nomad even. And I, I wanted to ask because I saw this and I was like, whoa, this actually sounds like it would have been really cool or really bad. One of the two. Um, so what do we think? Do we want to see more games like that? Do we think the well, Power Rangers one would have worked? Um, given, given the history of Power Rangers games to begin with, I would say a hell no <laughs> power rangers games power rangers have one of the some of the more notoriously bad history with video games i haven't think i don't think the power rangers as uh as a franchise has been good for god over 20 years at this point i just don't ever been good i don't um, see any um, sort of redeeming value in a game about the power rangers at this point well, what, what about other franchises? More so, I guess, movie franchises. And I reckon you can say movie franchises now because, you know, the last couple years have had good licensed games. Do we want to see more licensed games in an Arkham style, similar to what they did with Batman? Um, um, Enter franchise here could be cool like that. Like, I think it depends on the franchise. Like, um, I think it only works with Batman. Like, if it's another superhero franchise... I think it only works with Batman because he's an unpowered um, I mean, um, superhero. You can do powered heroes with uh, decent fighting mechanics pretty well. They did so with the Deadpool game. Uh, they did. In uh, yeah. the past, they and that did. was really well done, actually. But, I mean, like, um, you couldn't do, like, Superman or, you know, something like that. Well, with you, it. I, I would argue differently. I'd argue you could do any powerful hero, any powerful character as long as you have the stakes and the abilities of the henchmen and the bosses be realistic. 
Um, Superman might be the difficult example. No. Superman's very hard to organize, but S- Superman has never had a good game. Yeah, Superman. Superman's, <laughs> Superman's just not good uh, at games. So yeah, but I, like I, I hear that, and I go like a super, uh, like a Spider-Man Arkham style game would have been cool. We kind of got well, that. we can't. Yeah, we've um, had, uh, we, we've had, had that. that for we've had that for about three years now. Yeah. Like, um, what I'd kind of like, um, I'd like um to see a Green Arrow um Arkham style game. That that sounds interesting. That's, that's yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But what about, I I I want to ask the question though. Like, what about outside of like heroes, outside of Marvel? Are there any like maybe not so outside of heroes, but outside of Marvel and outside of DC, just other franchises? Like, what if we saw um um a Simpsons Arkham game? Oh dear God! Oh God! That no. actually sounds like a good. If you <laughs> if you ask me, God, this sounds so. This will never ever 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 happen in a million years. But I, I'd love to see like a a Bruce Lee style movie put into a game. <laughs> yeah. Give me uh, give me like give Enter the Dragon. Bill. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Give us a cool. Kill Bill Arkham game. That would be That'd really be, cool. That, Give that, us a Rambo no, Arkham game. I One think where he's with, not terrible. <laughs> I think with Kill Bill, though, I wouldn't see that as more of an Arkham game. I would see it more in the style of a Deadpool game where yeah. you have not necessarily counters, but with sword combat and obviously um, firearm combat. But... Um, God. Yeah, and Rambo would be like more of a shooter as well. Like Rambo would be more of a like Call of Duty, really. I mean, realistically, you could make a lot of like '80s movies work with that kind of Arkham style, and it would be really cool to be honest. In fairness, we yeah. did get Rambo in a fighting game with Mortal Kombat, but what got me even more excited is our next song. And let me hear you say, "Go, go, Power Rangers!" It's the <laughs> Power Rangers theme by Jonathan Young. You are listening to Player One on Scene with Connor, Jacob, and Nathan. Hey, this is Phoebe Watson, and you're listening to Player One. You just heard So Shy by Purity Ring, but our sweet 16. You can check that out every week at sin.org.au. I'll say it again, sin.org.au. Check it out, please. Or you can check out the Sunday Sweet Show every noon at Sunday. Again, tell them we said hello. They'll love it. Uh, and before that, you heard Go-Go Power Rangers uh, by Jonathan Young. Bit of a fun piece there. But speaking of fun, our night of fun is over. We are at the end of the show. Uh, we have reached the crescendo. And guys, I, I, I thanks for joining us. It's been a fun show. Of course, we chat about a lot of fun stuff. Um, but if you want to find us, you can have a look on Play One Since on Twitter and Instagram. Player One on YouTube and Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So definitely keep an eye out there because uh, there is a lot of very exciting stuff happening in Player One's near future. Uh, Something that's going to be out in our near future is our Mike Pollock interview. If you don't know who Mike Pollock is, he is the uh, voice actor behind the Pokemon narrator. He's the voice actor behind Dr. Eggman, of all people. Uh, and so, so many more characters. 
Uh, so definitely check that out if you get the chance. And guys, do we do we have any last words for our listeners? Maybe a go to sleep, maybe a, a go relax. I know, Connor, you told them to go get coffee a week or so ago. And that was a I know. for me. Um, but yeah. I made the mistake and gave myself a, a triple shot. So I'm, I'm, I'm wide awake even right now. Um, listen, final words, uh, you know, go listen to that Mike Pollock interview. And while you're at it, go leave us a review of five Chaos Emeralds. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'd say, yeah, just listen to all our stuff and um, like and favorite and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'll see you all next week. And you know, before before we run off, I will I will ask Nathan. I can see it on our Zoom chat. Um, you have a YouTube <laughs> channel. Would you like Cheap to hype it up? I love it. Yes, uh, it's Hertz Place. H U R T Z P L A Y Z. I currently only have like four or five videos up, but I'm working to make more slowly. It's a very slow process. Is the key. Just keep trying. I know. I'm not. A, I'm not consistent. I suck. But yeah. Um, please have a look there and uh yeah um this was fun and connor i don't think i don't know if you have anything to hype up do you do i i don't know that's a great question you know what you could hype up next what? week's show the same player oh, one time the same player one place we'll see you there thanks for listening